Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. <clears throat> Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceit. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible... As much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Let us pray. Lord, I want to just first thank you for allowing me to be a part of this church. Lord, what an honor, what a privilege, dear Lord, to, to call these my brothers and sisters, to call this my church family. Lord, I thank you for this morning. Lord, how we have, Lord, got a vision of you and we're able to worship you, Father. I thank you for that. Now, Lord, as we turn to your word, I, I pray that you would take control of everything that is said from this point forward. Lord, let it not be of me. Let, it, let your spirit control my thoughts, my, my words, my mouth, everything that I do. And Father, may you take control of the, the hearts of those that are sitting here, to Lord, that they would hear what the spirit says to them, I pray in Jesus' name. And amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> If you see the title on the notes, Kingdom Mentality. Josh started a series uh, sometime back uh, on Sunday nights uh, about the kingdom. I don't know if you guys know this or not, that is a very controversial subject in Christianity. A lot of different opinions, a lot of uh, views on that. But I want to ask you, the Sandhill Church, this morning, uh, before we, we get into the text, I want to ask you, uh, this is kind of important, is the kingdom future or is it now? You know, that kind of changes everything. And obviously I don't have time to get into all of the... the um, different views on the kingdom, but it is a huge, huge uh, subject. But does it make sense that if we have entered into the kingdom of heaven, that we would be living different than those that are in the kingdom of the world? Are you guys following? Does that make sense? And 
I propose to you that, that we are living in the kingdom and that the kingdom is within us and that we are not waiting to enter the kingdom, but that, but that we have, uh, I, I believe that when we, when we come and get saved, we get eternal life. I don't believe we're waiting to get eternal life. I believe we get eternal life. And so, so if we're living in the kingdom, uh, that we ought to be different than, than the world. What if, it's kind of important, what if you claim to be living in the kingdom, in this kingdom, but you act like you're living in this kingdom? <laughs> Do we see where there's a problem? Okay. Without new birth, I want you to, I want you to write this down, think about this, I want this to sink in. Without new birth, the kingdom is ridiculous. I want you to get that. Everything I'm going to preach this morning is ridiculous if kingdom, if you're not born again, if you're not a born again Christian, everything is ridiculous. <clears throat> Brother Adam last night, uh, I, I thought he did a really, really good job at the, at the theme reveal, and I thought he made it really clear, really plain. I thought he did a really good job. Um, on the way home, Renee was making comments. I thought he did a really good job, but how many of the people sitting there that are Christians were thinking, I've heard that before. The stuff Adam was saying, uh, you, to me, you could just almost sense that there was a, that's not, I never, I don't have to do that. Right? And so, but here's what, I, I'm going somewhere with this. I'm not just rambling. I'm going somewhere with this. But here, here, I want you to understand, the kingdom of heaven is totally the opposite of everything we've ever known. It says things like this, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. That is the, that's not right. It says if you want to be the leader, you need to be the servant. That doesn't make sense. It says that if, that if you want to pick up your life, you have to lay down your life. All Everything it says just doesn't make sense. And I have literally heard Christians, I have heard good Christians say this. Uh, I think ignorant Christians, but I've heard good Christians say this. They would read something in the Word of God and they'd say, well, I don't think God really expects us to do that. You know why they said that? Because it's impossible. And it doesn't make sense in this kingdom. But if you get in this kingdom, you say, oh, that's how we're supposed to be living? Okay. So, so that's kind of important that we understand uh, that, that we're talking about kingdom living, kingdom mentality, living in God's kingdom. Now, I want you to think about this. I didn't put this in your notes. You can just don't forget it, write it down, whatever you have to do. But I want to challenge a Sandhill Church to have kingdom, a kingdom mentality all the time. Is that too much? I want to challenge us to always have kingdom mentality. And I believe that is what the Bible teaches us. And, and maybe here's another way for you to think about it. Let me ask you this question. When do we get to suspend kingdom rules? When do we get to? I mean, when do we get to say, okay, it's time now to not be in the kingdom Let's just not live that way. And then we'll come back, but, but let's not live in the kingdom rules right now. See, that, that, you can't do that in the Bible. So 
I did not do this for an insult. I did not do this to hurt your feelings. I did not do this. I did this to get your attention. All three points start with peasant. Uh, Again, I'm not trying to insult you or, or hurt your feelings. I'm trying to get you to understand we have a king. We have a king. May I remind you, he is the king. And if we really understood that, a peasant is not a bad thing to be when he's your king. Amen? And I wanted to remind us of our place. As we look at the 12th chapter of Romans, and I just love the whole entire thing, and I, I, I could have so easily preached for months out of this one chapter. It's so full of things, and I, I, I hate that I've kind of went fast through it, uh, but um, it, it would have, I'm afraid it would have got us drugged down if I would have took <laughs> a, a week on every, every um, verse. But there's such practical application here and how many of you think before I preach this morning how many of you think that what we just read 12 chapters 16 through 21 how many of you think those are good suggestions recommendations something to consider people this is the word of God this is kingdom living if you're in the kingdom this is how you're supposed to live and it's it's but but can I just say, everything I just read you doesn't make sense to this world. It's kind of ridiculous. And if you want to think like a person in a worldly kingdom, everything I'm going to preach to you is going to sound uh, absurd. Okay? But we're going to just take it right straight from the Bible. This isn't Gary's thinking. This is going to be straight from the Bible. First point we have is peasant attitude. A peasant attitude. He said, be of the same mind one toward another. And we've preached this uh, d- different times, and, and I'm very thankful where the Sand Hill Church is at. Uh, but but I, I want us to understand one of the great things that is going on at Sand Hill Church right now, I think one of the greatest things that's going on at Sand Hill Church right now, we need to be in agreement in our goals, in our direction. See, um, we, we preached a few weeks back about the body working together, being uh, um, coordinated, if you will. Uh, but if we're all listening to the Spirit, we're all going in the same direction. But if you've been in church any time at all, if you've been around church, you know that church is uh, uh, infamous for, um, well, they can do that if they want to, but I ain't going to be a part of it. I don't think they should be doing that. I ain't got no business doing that, but, but you know, that's, that's between them and God. And, and there's, this, there's this half the church pulling one way and half the church pulling another way, and there's this fighting amongst each other. And, and can I tell you, that is not what the Bible calls us to be as a church. We're to have one vision in agreement and, and one thing. And, and, and here's how I want you to understand that. I've, I've tried to illustrate this before. I was not called to lead the youth, but I back Brother Jacob and Jamie 110%. With everything I've got. Now, I'm not called to do that job, but I back that job. I'm not going to go around and say, well, he's out there with them kids, but he ought to be. You know, no, I'm behind it. I support it. The, the different ministries, churches, different, there's nothing going on here that, that, that we shouldn't be able to get behind. And when we're pulling different ways and we're divided and we're fighting, that is not, thank God we're not, amen. Thank God that we're, we're together. But I can say, we ought to be in one mind. One mind, one accord, all the same page. That's how we have church. That's God's plan. That doesn't mean we all believe the same. 
How many of you know right here this morning, sitting among us, there's a lot of different beliefs on a lot of different things? If we were to go around here and poll you just had a questionnaire of the Bible, we get all kinds of different things. Can I tell you that's okay? That's okay? We don't all have to see things eye to eye, but we do all need to be going in the same direction. Does, does this make any sense to you guys? We are going in the same direction. We're all seeing the same vision. We're all hearing the whole, same Holy Spirit. We don't all agree. We're never going to all agree. Listen, if you agree with me on everything that I say, you are a very strange person. <laughs> right? Because, listen, I've never met one person on the planet that agrees with everything I say. And, and that kind of goes for all of you. But listen, we're not called to be a cookie-cutter Christians. We're called to all go in the same direction. Amen? So I think that's very, very important that we understand that we have that same mind. But as, I believe also this is, uh, there's a reference here, uh, uh, clearly a reference, not only that we're, we're going in the same direction, but it says have the same mind one toward another. And then he gets into some kind of, um, I think, difficult things that he says. Remember, we're talking about kingdom mentality. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. I think that's a lot harder than you think it is. The, the next sub-point is everyone is equal Can I say this? There is no place in the church for condescending. What if you know more Bible than anybody here? Then the Bible says you are to lower yourself to help that person who doesn't know as much as you. When you look down, oh, you don't know that. See, that's not biblical. It is, there, there's no place for pride. There's no place for big eyes and little U's. There's no place for I have arrived. You know, the Apostle Paul said, the great Apostle Paul, I have not yet arrived. And, and there, there's just no place for pride. Uh, there, there is a, a call for humility. But this literally says uh, uh, to not respect those things that are high, but to move yourself to those things that are low. Every church, if it is a good church, I want you to get this. Every church, if it is a good church, will have people who are mature and people who are immature. That's the way it's supposed to be. You will have people who are very spiritual. You'll have people who are not very spiritual. You will have people who are very dedicated. You'll have people who are not very dedicated. You'll have people who are not worldly and some people who are worldly. Can I tell you that's what church is supposed to be? So if you're a mature, spiritual, biblical, dedicated, not worldly, what are you supposed to do? Help those that are down here. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys agreeing with me. But can we all just admit that's harder than it sounds? Because if you are very, very biblical, who do you want to hang out with? All the people that are really, really biblical. So you can talk about all the people who are not biblical, right? Isn't that what you want to do? If you're, if you're super, uber, uh, conservative, uh, dedicated, who do you want to hang out with? The people just like you. So you can talk about the people that are not like you. But you know what the Bible says? If you're really dedicated, you got to start hanging out with the people who aren't very dedicated. <laughs> that doesn't make sense, Pastor. 
I've never seen that in church, Pastor. Well, I can't help it. That's what the Bible says. Lower yourself to those that are lower than you, those that are behind you. Let me let you on a newsflash. If you are the most dedicated person in the church today, may I remind you, there was a time when you were the least dedicated person in the church. Just let that sink in for a minute. Someone helped you get where you were at. Aren't you thankful? And here's something I want us to understand, and, and I, I didn't plan on spending this much time here, but I'm going to just try and listen to the Lord. There are a lot of people, when they come through those doors, they already feel pretty down on themselves. They're already thinking, I'm, you know, I'm not as good as everybody else. I'm not, you know, I haven't been here in a few weeks. I have, you know, I don't know the Bible like everybody else. I'm not spiritual. You know, they're already kind of negative on themselves. When you cold shoulder them, shun them, or don't show them love, you're not helping them. You're not being a Christian. You're hurting them. If you love Jesus, you should want everybody else to love Jesus. If you love the Word of God, you should want everybody else to love the Word of God. Not making it harder on them to get where you are, but helping them get where you are. And, and Paul said, you that are strong, bear the infirmities of the weak. Do you know what that means? That means they got some messed up problems. It's your job to help them. Oh, that's not how we usually do it. Because it's so much easier to just hang out with people on your level. And can I just say this? It goes the other way. If you don't come to church faithful and you don't read your Bible and you're not spiritual, you want to hang out with the people who are not faithful so you can run down all them stuck up snobs in the church. Hey, Amen. Listen, both those are not getting us anywhere. Right? When you talk about all those self-righteous people who don't love us, or when you talk about all those people who aren't what they're supposed to be, no, 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 no. And that's not kingdom thinking. Kingdom thinking is we're all in this together. I will make a statement with the bottom heart, God knows my heart. God, God knows my heart. I, I, I stand before him as my judge. I love everybody here. I love everybody here. Those aren't words. Those aren't, that is from the depths of my heart. There's not one person here I don't want to see do phenomenal, be prospered, be close to God. I love everybody. And I've been in church long enough to know that some people need help. Who's going to help? Amen? So, Everyone is equal. We're all in this together. We're all working together. We're all pulling together. We, we, we're going to seek out those that are different than us. We're going we're to help those below us, but we're never going to be condescending. I would, I, would, I would pray, and I believe this is, is the will of the Spirit, especially from this moment forward. If you ever have a condescending attitude or thought that the Holy Spirit chastise you the moment you have it. It's not right, people. It's not right. Listen, we got, we got three young preachers in this church. My desire for all three of those young preachers is they all three are way, way, way better of a preacher than I am. There's not room for jealousy. There's not room for, I need to be living, when they mess up, I don't need to be put to slapping them down. I need to be saying, this is how you, come on, this is how you get to be better. And that goes for everybody in the church. We, we're, we're all in this together. And, and if, if we can't help those that are behind us, then, then God help us. And I'm, I'm going to try not to spend a lot of time on this, and boy, I could. But it says in the verse 16, be not wise in your own conceit. 
<laughs> this is what I wrote in my notes. I think I might have it in your notes. You're not as good as you think you are. <laughs> You're not as good as you think you are. Can I tell you that goes for every one of us? We tend to just think a little higher of ourselves than we really ought to think. But Paul said, be not wise in your own conceit. You think you're something. Do you know, in a, in a, if you were here Wednesday night, he said, if we took every thought you have had just today and put it up on that TV screen, you'd be horrified running out of this church for people to see it. That's true for every last one of us. Right? So you're all high and haughty how you're better than everybody else. Let's just share your thoughts for a few minutes in front of everybody else. Right? And, and so, so don't, don't be stupid and think you are something. There isn't one person here that has arrived. There isn't one person here that's righteous and holy. We're all in this together. Don't get caught up in how good you are. That's what this is teaching us, people. This is teaching us, humble yourself down to those that, that, are, that, are, um, that are struggling along and help them to get where they need to be. <clears throat> I believe they said this on Wednesday night, but I want this to sink in. Um, not this past Wednesday night, but do you know that biblically, this has never got, this has never made it to our churches for some reason, but do you know biblically self-righteousness is just as wicked as drunkenness? If you went out last night and got smashed, drunk out of your mind, slept with three women that weren't your wife, and come to church this morning, we would say, how dare you come into the house of God? But if you're smug and self-righteous and think you're better than everybody else, we put you in position and let you run the church. Listen, those are both sins. Those are both damnable sins that God's not pleased with. But you get, you get praised for one and you get beat up for the other. And, and there's no place for self-righteousness. So we are to humble ourselves down. Um, Paul said this one time. This isn't a quote, this is a paraphrase. He said, when you're comparing yourself to other people... You're not wise. I always, I always think about this. There's not one person here in this church who has lived the same life you have lived. I want you to think about that. There's not one person here who's lived the same life as you. You can all say you had problems, you had difficulties, you had this and that, but there's no two stories exactly the same. You can say, well, if I was in their situation, this is what I'd have done. I don't know that to be true. If I can make fun of Renee just for a minute... <clears throat> And, and this is just how we all talk. Okay, so don't, don't, don't think about it now. This is what she said. There was a little something going on. Somebody was doing something. And, and someone was, um, someone's daughter was not doing them right. And this is what Renee said. Why just tell her what to do with it? I said, yeah, I can see you doing that to Rachel. And she just stopped right then. Because you know, when it's someone else's daughter, let them have it. But when it's my daughter, that's all a different story. And see, what I'm saying is, we're all, it's easy to say that's what they should do, but you're not where they're at. Why not help them instead of make it harder on them? Amen? Are you guys with me? This is kingdom mentality. This is how God wants us to think. So, that's how we're supposed to kind of, um, uh, our attitude, our, our mentality, our thought process uh, working together in the church but number two is peasant conflict. Let me just say this. I don't care how good of a church we are. I don't care how much we love Jesus. I don't care how close we get to him. I don't care how, I don't care what happens. 
there will be conflict in church. Can I get an amen? There will be. And can I just say this? I love you guys with all of my heart. I think we are a very loving church. I think we are a phenomenal church. But can I just say this? As much as we are together, we're going to rub each other the wrong way. There ain't a person in the entire world that I love as much as I love Renee. She is my best friend. She is my soulmate. She is my everything. I know this is going to be hard to believe. Sometimes she irritates me. All right? Now, I'm not saying I ever irritate her, but she sometimes irritates me. Now, what I'm saying is it's impossible to have church that we don't have some conflict. There's going to be irritations. There's going to be some problems. So God has something to say about that. Verse 17, recompense to no man evil for evil. Is that vague? Is that not clear? Is that hard to understand? Do we need a, do we need a professor here to explain that to us? But Richard, that's easy. When someone does you wrong, you don't do wrong back to them. I mean, that, that, uh, Adam said, this isn't rocket science. Listen, this isn't rocket science. When someone does you wrong, you don't do them wrong. That simple. There's no getting even. Can I, can I step out onto a, um, where angels fear to tread? Okay. <laughs> Come on, guys, help me here. I'm getting ready to stick my neck out and get it cut off. So someone, someone throw me a cookie before I get my head cut off. So as a Christian, you know that we're not supposed to get even. Right? We, we know that. As a Christian, you know that I probably shouldn't punch military in the face. I, I mean, it, it just doesn't look good. Right? And, 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 we know the Bible says all these things about not doing evil for evil. So here is what, I don't know who invented this, but I'm going to take a stand against it this morning. And, and you can get mad at me if you want to. But I want you to think about this. Somebody invented a new word. I don't know where this came from. I've been struggling with this for years. I'm going to get it off my chest. But somebody invented a word. And here's what this word does. I'm not allowed to punch him in the face, although I really want to punch him in the face. And since I'm not allowed to as a Christian, but if I keep that bottled up inside of me, it's going to eat me alive. So I need to tell somebody, I want to punch him in the face. So I'm going to vent. And when I vent, I'll feel so much better. And so you have permission, because you use the word venting, to act like a heathen, say all kinds of horrible things, run someone down, belittle them, and say, oh, I feel better now. I want to be a Christian now. I get on Facebook, I'm just venting. And I'm saying, how oh, these terrible things... And what you're doing is you're recompensing evil for evil. Someone hurts you, and you're going to let them have it. And because you can't really punch them in the nose like you want to, you're going to vent, because we know venting is not a sin. Can I tell you venting is a sin? And you feel better because you got it off your chest. All that tells me is you got things in your chest you shouldn't have in your chest. <laughs> All right? This point forward, there's not going to be any venting in this church, Right? Because we want to be kingdom thinkers. We want to be Christian people. No more venting. We laugh at that. But can I just tell you, Brother Terry, I and I thought, I thought he's, he's preaching my message this morning, but in Sunday school, if you weren't, those of you that weren't here, he had an awesome testimony. It was really, really, really awesome. And just to kind of the short version, someone did him very, very wrong. He was hurt. As a grown man, he was hurt. 
He wanted to lash back. He didn't. And guess what? God fixed it. That's a great testimony. Here's the thing, guys. When you're venting, you're hurting somebody else. And we're not supposed to do that. And I might vent so I feel better, but when you're venting about me, I don't feel better. Are you guys with me? Are you guys with me? So there's no getting even. There, there's no getting revenge. There's no uh, getting back at them. It's just, it's just not, in, it's not in the kingdom. It's, it's not to be. And then it says, <clears throat> provide things honest in the sight of all men. I've got down <clears throat> how others see you is important. Honesty can be being truthful, not lying. Honesty can be keeping your commitment. Honesty can be doing what you say you will do. Honesty can be how things look to others. But it matters how you appear. We ought to be careful how we look to others. Um, as a church, we've, we've, we've went, I hope we went to great lengths. Um, we're trying to actually make some improvements on that right now. But, but when we gather the money uh, uh, from, the, from the offering, we gather that up, we have all kinds of um, stipulations to make sure that no one could ever say, well, did they take some of that? No one's alone with it. No one's, it's, 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 and the reason for that is you say, do we think we got dishonest people here? No, 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 no. If a stranger comes in, they can say, huh, everything's covered. There, there's no, I wonder what? No, it's covered. So honest in all things, we, we are, how others see us is, is important. And then it says, <clears throat> now think about this, people. 18, if it be possible, <laughs> if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. It would seem that the Apostle Paul understood the fact there's some people you can't get along with. And I think we all probably live long enough to know that there are some people, no matter how good you are to them, how good you treat them, they're not going to like you. Can I get an amen? There's some people just aren't going to like you. Right? And, and, and Paul's saying, as much as is in your So on your side, you're doing everything you can to be good to them. If they don't like you, then your hands are clean. But make sure you're doing all that your part is to be good to them. <clears throat> so work hard to get along. Work hard to, to be uh, what we're supposed to be. <clears throat> and then it says, uh, this is Brother Terry's verse right here. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Listen, if you are human and someone does you wrong, you want to get back. Raise your hand if that's not true. I don't, if, whether it's in the world, whether it's in the family, whether it's in the church, Whatever it is, when someone does you wrong, you want to get even. Everybody does. Right? God says, you're not allowed. Brother Terry said, I wanted to, but I didn't. But the Bible also says, 
If you will allow God to take vengeance for you, he will get even for you. I was thinking about Terry was giving that testimony. If you weren't here, I'm not going to tell his whole testimony again. But Brother Terry could have got in the flesh, uh, uh, taken things into his own hands, and, 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 and got ugly. He could have went back to his place of employment, and they may have said, you no longer work here. Instead, they lifted him up. Do you see how that works out? Listen, we don't get anywhere by doing God's job. Vengeance is mine, I will repay. Does anybody here believe that? When you are done wrong, let God take revenge instead of you. Amen? So, it says, therefore when, this is, this is tough. <laughs> therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. What in the world? If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Listen, this is kingdom mentality. Those who rub you the wrong way, you, you're good to them. Maybe buy someone a dinner who just talked really bad about you. Maybe you're, you go wash their car for someone who's done you really wrong. This is kingdom mentality, doing good to those that do bad. But Terry, maybe I ought to go back and buy that guy lunch. Say, man, thanks for cussing me out, calling me all kinds of bad names. Here you go. But seriously, we are to do good to those. Does that make sense to anybody here at all? No, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. You don't do good to your enemies unless you're in the kingdom. And in the kingdom... That's what we do. How many of you think if we start living that way, inside the church and outside, we could have an impact on our world? Because they'd say, they something wrong with them people. They're good to the people that are bad to them. Amen? So lastly, I like took a lot more time on that, but lastly, we have peasant confidence. I still remember what Jenny said long time ago, God does right. God does right. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to agree with it. You just have to understand God does right. How many of you think, has anybody ever had this thought, because we're all human here, has anybody ever had this thought, someone does you really, really, really bad? And this is a thought that goes through your mind. If I just let that go, they got by with it. What about God? What about God? <laughs> How many of you think God's keeping track? Right? And you get yourself in there trying to do God's job. Can I just say this? I put this in my notes. I don't know if I put it in your notes. But can I just say this? When you try to be, do God's job, you look, like, you look foolish. When you try to do God's job, you look foolish. How about if you just let him be God? He said, if you are done wrong, he'll take care of it. That's plain. That, that's simple. It may not be easy, but it's, it's plain. Anytime someone does you wrong, hurt your feelings, does something bad to you, does something bad to your family, does anything else, you say, God, I'm not going to do this. I trust you are going to take care of this. 
But Terry, he does. He does. On our behalf, he fixes things. I believe I've seen in my own life many times on a job and in, in different situations where someone has done me wrong and, and I, have, I have got out of the way and God took care of it for me. Had I got in the way, now God's got to slap me down first before he can get to, to the one he's trying to get to, right? So just step aside and let God take vengeance because that's what the Bible says, because he will take vengeance. And God always is right. God is always just. So <clears throat> that's kingdom. I'm not done yet. Don't, don't leave on me. I'm not, we're not done yet. We got, we got something else to do here. This what I just preached you is straight out of the Bible. It's, it's about as right down to what the text says as I could possibly get it. It, it is clear instructions that we are to be living by. We've already asked the question, when do these rules uh, suspend? They don't suspend. They don't suspend. <clears throat> so we have officially reached April. Jamie, what's April? Start a camp. Right? Start a camp. From now until the middle of June, <laughs> we're going to be riding a tornado. Right? We're going to be riding a tornado. And I know I've been, I've been harping on this a lot, but I, I, wanna, I want you guys to get this. If youth camp is as big a deal as we make it out to be, and if we are right that God has a task us to do this, and if this is what God has called us Sand Hill Church to do, how many of you think the devil might just want to stick his nose in it? How many of you think the devil might want to stop it from happening? Now listen to me. Look right here. Everybody look right here. Look at me. How many of you think before we get to Warsaw, he'd like to have us all at each other's neck, throats? Now, I know that never happens, but I'm just saying that's what the devil desires. I've made up my mind. I feel like I'm going to probably get in all kinds of trouble. But I, and I've told you these guys this, so don't say I'm surprised. I've told you these guys four or five times. When we're up here at the ministry building and we start getting an attitude, we're going home. Say, we don't have time. I don't care. We're going home. We're not going to stay here and act on Christian. We're not going to work for the Lord and work for the devil at the same time. We're going to work for one or the other, but we're not working for both at the same time. Amen? So... If we take everything we just said and we apply it to youth camp, and this applies to the Easter uh, um, event we're having next week, this applies to OCC, this applies to every last thing we do. We just so happen to be starting a youth camp now. Back to where we started this message, if you are going to Sand Hill Church, then you should embrace the vision that this church is supposed to be doing youth camp. If you're part of this church, it's part of your vision. Do I need to re-preach that? Now, everybody doesn't have the same calling. I'm guessing some of you women probably can't build some of the contraptions that Brother Tom builds. So everybody doesn't have the same calling, doesn't have the same... Sister Tina, I make fun of her every year. We do this. Josh will send her home, cut out 300 A's out of construction paper. I'd really put a gun to my head and shoot me. I mean, I just... I, I, I just... No. I mean, I watch you do about three of them, and I'm about ready to beat my head against the wall. I just can't take it. It's just, but listen, that's not my calling. If Josh asks me to do it, I'll say, I'll talk to Tina. Uh, but I, I, I'm not going to do it, right? But I do have a place to work. Everybody here should be a part of youth camp in some way, somehow. But the devil does not want us to put on a youth camp. Can I get an Amen. Come on, you guys. The devil does not want us to put on a youth camp. 
And if we are the hosting church, the best thing he can do is throw a wrench in the gears at the hosting church so when we get to youth camp, we're not what we're supposed to be to defeat the devil. Listen, guys, we can't let that happen. We can't let that happen. We cannot allow that to happen. I kind of uh, jokingly, before youth camp last year, made some prophecies. I was joking. But I'm going to make some prophecies this morning. I'm joking. <laughs> there are some people sitting here. Everybody, please listen to me. There are some people sitting here who are not going to do as much as they should for youth camp. Get over it. Get o- are you guys with me? Listen, if you're going to allow the devil to tie you up in that, well, they should have been here. They don't love the Lord. They're, why aren't they here? They're out having fun. Why aren't they here? Listen, stay home. I, I didn't ask Josh's permission to do this. Stay home. Listen, I don't want you coming out here hating the other people in this church because they're not doing as much as you. You don't get credit for that. If you work 12 hours all day Saturday and someone else is at Cedar Point having the time of their life, you don't get credit when you sit here. Oh, they should have been here. I don't understand what's wrong with that. I, uh. Listen, God's not saying, boy, I appreciate you being here working all day Saturday. He's saying you're not looking at the kingdom. The kingdom says you're here to do church camp. You're not here to worry about what others are doing. And I'm just telling you, there are going to be people, people who don't do their part. Get over it. Do you want to do your part? Do you want to do your part? Don't worry about the other people. Let's do our part and and let's not allow Satan to come in between us. Now, here's here's a tough part. Are you ready? Here's the tough part. here's, Here's where I rub some salt in the wound. I want to challenge you. We're talking about kingdom mentality. So I work over here all day. I work all week long. I kill myself at work. I've been over here every evening this week. I I work all day Saturday on youth camp. I have killed myself. And Brother Richard never showed up for nothing. Now, I'm just picking on you, Brother Richard. You're, You're very faithful, so I'm just using him for an illustration. But he didn't show up one evening. He didn't show up all day Saturday. And he says he loves the Lord. I mean, come on. Seriously. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. When I see Brother Richard on Sunday, I treat him like he's my best friend in the whole entire church. I love on him. I treat him good. I, I ask him how his week was. And I do not hold a grudge against him because he didn't do what I did. Do you guys get how different this is than the world thinks? But this is how we have church. I would love, I know I have beat this dead horse, but I would love when it comes June, whatever the day is we're leaving, Friday, when it comes that day, I would love if we could look back at the devil and say, you didn't win, did you? You didn't win, did you? We ain't fighting. We ain't mad at each other. We ain't divided and fussing. We are on track with the kingdom. We all love Jesus. We're all working together. Those that are weak, those that are strong, those that are biblical, those that are, those that are dedicated, those that are, we're all together and we're not letting the devil come in here and we're going to drive to Warsaw with victory instead of defeat. Amen. Listen, we can't be in both kingdoms at the same time. We can't be hating each other and working for Jesus. Oh, I love Jesus. I hate sister so-and-so, but I love Jesus. 
No, 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 no. You either love him or you don't love him. Amen? Let me end with this. This is our motto. This is everybody's motto. If you're going to come help Josh on camp, this is your motto. If it's not your motto, I don't want you to come help. Sister Tina, I get to work on youth camp. I don't have to. If you're coming over because you have to, you probably already messed up your rewards. <laughs> I hate to tell you, you probably done messed up your reward. I get to. They went and had fun. They went to a ball game. They didn't get to work on youth camp. But I got to work on youth camp. It's a privilege. It's an honor. It's a blessing. They cut themselves short, but I got the blessing. And listen, guys. I'm not being funny up here. I don't want the devil to get us this year. Youth camp is hard. Youth camp is tough. It is challenging. I dare say it's the hardest. I know it's the hardest thing this church does, but I'd say there's not many other churches in the state that does anything as hard as what we do trying to host this camp. And I'm doing all that I can as a pastor of this church to say we're not letting the devil in. And if that means we've got to cancel work Saturdays that we desperately have to have, we'll cancel work Saturdays because we're not going to come out here and not live like Christians. Anybody with me? Anybody think God could bless that? Anybody think that if we got three people who show up on a Saturday and all them other heathens went to Cedar Point, anybody think that God could take those three, three people and allow them to accomplish more than 50 people could do? See, that's my God. And I got to be a part of the miracle of three people doing the work of 50. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we made together and embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.